This is The Dudes, delivering to you wall-to-wall coverage of all Mississippi State athletics, featuring Reflector Managing Editor Tanner Marler and WMSB Sports Director Cody Blazak. Welcome back to another edition of The Dudes here on 91.1 WMSV. I'm Tanner Marler and alongside Cody Blazak. We'll go ahead and dive right in. Massive win for Mississippi State men's basketball this past weekend, Cody, with another big opportunity tonight. Thank God the win, win column does not show how healthy that team was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great win, great opportunity, great momentum builder. Really helped you out in the net. Great for your resume. Quad one win. However, TCU was without two of their starters. Yeah, it big win nonetheless, but... It's still a very good basketball team without those two starters, but it's not the same. Well, did the same thing they did to Alabama. Started off strong, and towards the end of that first half and into the second half, just kind of slipped away. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think you and I were actually texting back and forth about this throughout the game. The end of that first half, where they gave up that momentum, it seems like they've done that in the past two games. And then it's allowed the other team to come out with a lot more confidence out of the halftime break. Yeah, it was... Um, and it's all it's all fixable things. Like, it was just a, a dumb mistake, quite frankly, at the end of the first half this past weekend. I will say this. I don't know why he hasn't done it all year, but for the love of God, Deshaun Davis needs to shoot the ball more. He's the best shooter on this team, and it's not even close. Between between him and Shaq Moore, they shot 50% from three. The team as a whole shot 29.2. The only three-pointers were made by Deshaun Davis and Shaquille Moore. Yeah. So, if that's telling you anything, stop shooting the three ball, get to the paint, or unless let Deshaun Davis or Shaquille Moore yeah, shoot unless the your name is Shaquille Moore or Deshaun Davis. I, I think it's that simple. Or Will McNair. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with the occasional Will McNair spot up three. And when McNair didn't play hardly that game, and he really wasn't needed to because Tolu was hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, Tolu had a career, uh, another career night. I believe he finished with 27, uh, tying his career high. I mean, that's what you expect out of an all-SEC caliber player, and he's finally playing like one. Seems like he's gotten out of his own head at the free throw line. Five of six, 27 points, new career high, 13 rebounds, 19th double-double, career high in blocks at four. I mean, and they even had five assists. Just a, a really complete game from him, and I think he needed it. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a in good— In a win, in a win. Yeah, it was a nice sign to see. I feel like we've been waiting for this for quite a while. They've got—State's got either two or three quad one wins, I don't remember— Three. three now. Up to three now. You got two left on the season and four quad fours. Or excuse me, four quad twos. Got to win those quad twos. Got to win them. Might be able to steal a quad one. It, it, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, one of the quad ones to Kentucky. I think the other is to Missouri. Yeah, it is. And I think this is a beatable Kentucky and a beatable Missouri team. Especially, I believe, you get Kentucky in Starkville. You do. A couple weeks from tomorrow. That's a big opportunity. You've got the one player in the SEC that I think can go pound for pound with Oscar Toshibwe in terms of just physicality and Tolu Smith. And then you bring in a guy that can also go pound for pound with him in terms of just weight and sheer size and Will McNair. I think it's a recipe. 
I, you know, this Mississippi State team over the la- over the course of the last few seasons has given Kentucky some scares. Maybe this is the year that they finally, finally get over the hump. Got to find something. I, I mean, have to. They they have looked their best the past two games. One and one in that stretch. You, it really could be. Two and zero or zero and two, if you want me to be completely honest, it could be, and it's a good thing you came out of it one and one. You and I didn't think they would come out of it one and one, and would be sitting around the 80th mark in the net rankings. Instead, here we sit with a Mississippi State Mississippi State team that I believe is still in the mid 40s. Yeah, they're they're working their way back up there. I we did say when we started off against Tennessee in this four game stretch, you needed to go two and two in it. Should have beat Florida, but we didn't. So now you're 1-3 and three in that stretch, which is a lot better than 0-4, especially with the win you got. Yeah, I, I think you won the most eye-catching game out of that. Obviously, the one at Bama would have been more, but I think more eyes were on the TCU game because you made Bama really close. I think State might have shown the entire world how to beat Bama because we saw what happened to them against Oklahoma. you got to out-physical them. Only time will tell. I mean, you, you just, that's a big momentum builder. You have to keep the momentum up. Yeah. You play South Carolina tonight at 530. I, I just, before we move on to South Carolina, I have to say this. I cannot imagine how good this team could be if DJ Jeffries, Tolu Smith, and Shaquille Moore were all three firing on all cylinders. How good could they be? Deshaun You've, Davis, too. Deshaun Davis as well. But the main three scoring options and ball handling options that you want to run the offense through right now are DJ Jeffries, apparently, Tolu Smith, and Shaquille Moore. If you can, and Shaquille and DJ, or Shaquille and Tolu have been there the last few games. DJ has been absent since the start of the year. I mean, Shaq Moore hit. Two big-time three-pointers to start off overtime. I mean, obviously, Deshaun Davis with the three-pointer within a minute. I don't remember if it was to tie it or to give him a lead. But, I mean, a lot of big plays from those guys late down the stretch. Yeah. Just very curious if they can keep the style up. I'm curious as well. I like the confidence from deep. I think that a lot of Mississippi State's problems – during that big losing skid, were in their own head. You know, the shooting stroke, the struggles at the free throw line. These are all things that a lot of players get in their own heads about and can kind of snowball. And it takes a win like a TCU. It takes a game like a Bama game to kind of jolt them back into shape. And from what we saw against TCU, it looked like it almost has. How many times did we think this Mississippi State team was going to put up 80 points this season? Well, you in did overtime. have an overtime. You had an overtime, but still. Man. Putting up putting up 70 points is a feat for this team, let's be quite honest. And the regulation, you only had 66. That's about average. However, what was DJ Jeffrey's shooting percentage? Not good. And something I've started to notice, DJ shot two from 12 from the field. He manages to get the ball in his hands a lot at the end of the shot clock and does not he doesn't have a good shot. And I don't know if that's just his team passing him the ball and say, we know you're going to take a dumb shot, go ahead and take it, or 
I, I don't know what it is, but he gets a lot of really bad looks towards the end of that shot clock. Yeah, when the shot clock's winding down and they need to throw up a bucket, it's DJ that usually has to throw that up. And usually none of them go in. Yeah. I, Very I think, high contested shot and usually not nearly But it's on accurate. those possessions where they're trying to play through one player and it doesn't work out, that usually happens. You know, when they when they play through the system and they run through the offense, they get open looks. And it works. So maybe that's something that Jans wants to work on a little bit more. It's starting to look like we're seeing the DJ Jeffries of last year again, and that's a DJ that can't that that, that can't win play at a winning level. Let's be quite honest. Cam Matthews also had a pretty big day. A beast. I, I said you got to start going to the hoop more. He, he went to the hoop he, more. He did, the, he, did, he did that. I mean, even um, Tyler Stevenson coming up with 10 that day was big. Yeah, T-Steve, I, I love his game, I, man. I wasn't expecting it. I love his game, man. I love everything he does. Uh, is he a little sl- slide in the frame? Yeah, but I love he's deadly from the mid-range game. Uh, he's an old-school player, you know, he – he he shoots well over. He's the he's got one of the better jump shots on the team. I I wouldn't mind seeing him step seeing him step outside the three point line every now and then, you know some corner threes. But we'll see. He's got a great mid range game. He's he defends well. I love what Tyler Stevenson brings to the table, especially off the bench. Just like that, we're hitting free throws seventy percent. It's not great, but by lord, it's You'll a lot better it. than it has. You'll been. take it. <laughs> Tolu going 5 of 6 was big. I wasn't expecting that either. Yeah, no, like I said, he's out of his own head, uh, and he's hitting free throws. Thank God. Big time win. A lot of fun. South Carolina coming up tonight. Got to have this one. It's already started. Yeah. By the time you listen to this, it's starting. Got to have it, though. Got to have it. Um, A road game against a bad team. A chance to improve to 14 and 8. Get one step closer to that 2021 kind of win sweet spot that you want to be going into March. You really need to go and take one on the road. It's good to see that, well, it's not good for them, but statistically, South Carolina allows more points than they score. Well, considering they're 8 and 13, that makes sense. So, I think it's a good chance for a tune up game uh, against, you know, ahead of what's looming Saturday. Yeah. The good news about Saturday is you get them here. It'll be interesting. That it will be. That it will be. We're going to throw it to a short break. We'll come back, dive into what exactly has happened to this Mississippi State women's basketball team over the last couple days. Uh, Wrap it up with possibly some football recruiting news, maybe even some baseball, all that and more here on The Dudes on 91.1 WMSV. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back then, we'd spend nights in front of the boob tube. We'd take our same seats, smoke cigarettes, and watch until the station played. We all smoked in those days. If that was you then, get your lungs screened now. Surviving lung cancer starts with a scan. Learn more at ScreenYourLungs.org. This PSA was made possible by industry funding and guidance from lung cancer patient groups. Welcome back to the Dudes here on 91.1 WMSV. Mississippi State women's basketball on a two-game skid. 
after a three-game win streak. Cody, they're one loss away from erasing all the good work they did in SEC play early in the slate. Yeah, and it all started with Ole Miss on Thursday uh, night. Yeah. And Weren't you there for that game? Yeah, I was. And it, it, this happened in both games. They cannot or they have not been able to shoot the ball for the life of anything. I think that first quarter in Oxford on Thursday, they shot 20% in the first half. That is a losing recipe. Yeah. So can't win, but can't win ball games like I, that. It, it, there isn't a whole lot you have to fix for this team. It literally is make the basket. It's not that they're playing bad defense or turning the ball over. Well, they did let up seventy-eight points. They did do that against Ole Miss. Now Ole Miss, a good team, Ole a very Miss, good team Ole that Miss, will be a tournament team. Ole Miss was also on fire that game. Yeah. you don't go into a half shooting sixty-seven percent from the field. That's no. not normal. No, so. Yes, they gave up a lot of points, but still, in my eyes, I think it was a combination of one team being really hot and one team being very, very cold. And they carried that cold streak into the next game, road tilt with the other Bulldogs, University of Georgia, where they got absolutely ran out of the gym, 62-34. to 34. Yeah, uh, the recipe for disaster. It is. That's the end of the two-game skid. They get a week off now before their next contest. Probably best that they get a week off right now. It is, because you're hosting Tennessee here in Starkville on Monday. Next Monday, that is, February 6th. The Rakia Jackson return. She's going to be amped up. She's one of the best players in the country. She's all right. She's only going to play in the WNBA. (laughs) No big deal. She's all right. Would have loved to have kept her in Starkville. Yeah, but she's all right. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to have some fun back home. Uh, I, I I, imagine after watching that Georgia game, she's licking her chops. I, I, there's two, way that, two ways this is going to go. She's going to have a 30-piece or she's going to have a two-piece. Yeah. It's one of the two. One or the other. There is no decent 12, 15-point game. It's either she's going to go to town or this defense is going to shut her down. Yeah, one or the other. Luckily enough for Mississippi State, the schedule kind of eases up after that. They'll travel to Florida, host Texas A&M, go to Missouri, host Alabama, who is pretty bad, uh, host Arkansas. But the problem is they end the season off in Baton Rouge with what I think is the best women's, women's basketball team in the country right now in the LSU Tigers. They'll find a way. I think they'll find a way. You think they're a tournament team? I think they definitely have the potential to be. I do, too. I do, too. It's looking like I mean, you were borderline jumping in the rankings going into Ole Miss. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think you have an opportunity. I just, you got to win the games you need to win. Maybe steal a game you're not supposed to win. That's going to have to be one you're not supposed to win. Is going to have to be either Tennessee or LSU. It's going to be tough for both. Going to be very tough for both. They're currently sitting at fifteen and seven. I think they need to grab about five more wins, uh, and have a decent SEC tournament. They are sitting at number forty in the net rankings, which is a kind of a gray area for an SEC squad. It is, I, I think. You get a couple more wins, though, and if you manage to get a win over Tennessee or LSU, I mean, you will you will 
jump. You just can't afford to lose to an Alabama, lose to an Arkansas. You lose to Alabama, you drop a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You can't afford a loss like that right now if you're Sam Purcell and this women's team. Uh, Speaking of which, Sam Purcell actually said the other day, thank God they have a week off. This is going to be the most intense week of practice they've had all season. Thoughts? Uh, If I had to guess from like yesterday until like Friday, they're going to wish they were never playing basketball. I think think that's going to be a tough week of practice. I do as well. I do as well. I mean, you got to get back. You do. You do. You've got to get back to your winning ways. Uh, You're a 15-win team in a prime position to make a tournament run. You can't let that slip through your grasp, I don't think. Not with this group. And I think if you do make the tournament, the boom it offers you in recruiting to have a head coach that can say, hey, in our first year here with girls and players that aren't even technically his, they're his, but they're not his, you know what I'm saying? We made the tournament. We're back. I mean, Mississippi State Mississippi State is one of those few schools that can really rally around a women's basketball team just as well, if not better, than anybody else in the country. And that's not something a lot of schools can say. They put themselves in a great position. They have. They have an opportunity. Hopefully they cash in on it. Would be would be great for morale for Sam Purcell. That it would be. That it would be. I mean, coaches just don't do this often. And we no. have two coaches that might do it. Yeah, no, we have two coaches that are in position to do just that. So, basketball news, trucking on along. We'll shift gears into, because God forbid, us go a week without talking about it, football. Some crouton news. Mississippi State has their first tight end. And Mississippi State volleyball has a new setter. Now, forgive me if I'm pronouncing this wrong. Ryland Goad. So if I butcher that, don't come for me, please. I want to learn the name, and I want to learn to say it correctly, but we're just we're trying. Ryland Goad transfer, graduate transfer, that is, from University of Georgia. A pretty good tight end room there, Cody. Announces he and his fiance will be transferring to Mississippi State. I really hope we get a good tight end out of this. We should. We should. I just want Brock Bowers, man. Good luck. So does every NFL <laughs> team right now. I mean, that's all. I, that's all I want. That, that I only want the best. The best tight end in college football. If Brock Bowers was in the NFL right now, he'd be a top five tight end. That's bold. He would be. He would be. No one is that big, that strong, and that fast in the league right now. He's bigger than Travis Kelsey. He's not bigger than Travis Kelsey. Yes, he is. He's massive. (laughs) I do not believe so. He's massive. He is a large dude. He's bigger than Kelsey. Kelsey is 6'5", 250. Yeah. Look Look up how big this kid is. Brock Bowers is 6'4", and his weight is 229. Oh, that is not correct. That can't be right. Have you seen the guy? Have you seen Travis Kelsey? He's just as big as Kelsey. He's not. He's a solid inch shorter and 20 pounds less. He's not 20 pounds less. There's no way. I refuse to believe it. 
they usually up that stuff too on all these. I think they're I think they're cutting him. No, short. I don't think they are. We'll wait till the spring. To Brock see if Bowers he's is he's a big dude. He's not nearly as tall as you think he is. He's six four, and I think that's upping him. No, I do. He's massive. He's all he would be a top five tight end in the NFL right now. Anyways, back to the Mississippi State tight end. Wouldn't be. He definitely would be. Ryland Goad. You know he hosts a podcast. There are a lot of people that do that these days. Yeah, including us two. Clowns. Clowns. But yeah, he is the co-host of the Real Talk Pod podcast. A podcast he hosted with fellow Georgia player Tate Ratlich. I have yet to find a tight end in the NFL that he is bigger than. But he's better than a lot of them. Most of them, actually. The two of them that I have searched. Are you really trying to tell me Brock Bowers will not be a top 10 pick when he is drafted? Probably not. You're off your rocker. Because he's a tight end. You're off your rocker. I don't. uh, I think he'll be great, but I don't think he's going to be a top 10 pick. You're off your rocker. Has a tight end ever gone top 10? I'm sure. Yeah. Who? It's got to be somebody. I don't think so. It's got to be somebody. Where'd Kyle Pitts get drafted? Where? Atlanta. I know. I mean, what spot? The, um, let's see. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the highest ever was number 10. And that was Eric Ebron. Well, you just wait. When Brock Bowers is drafted, he'll be top ten, and he'll smash that. I don't know. He will be. He's that dynamic of a player. But anyways, Ryland Goad will be married once the season starts. These two will be. I wonder if this is the first husband and wife deal in transfer portal history. Probably, considering it's not a popular thing. It wasn't a popular thing three years ago. Mississippi State. Breaking down barriers. They are. Could you imagine how good of a Hallmark movie this would make? Tell me me you couldn't see it. Tell me you couldn't see it happening. I, I mean, yeah. What's the adversity they go through, though? Because there's always adversity in a in a know. Hallmark movie. I don't You're know, the man. one with the script. Tell me what's happening. All right, all right. Maybe he has a rough season. Who knows? Or maybe he's a backup. Maybe that's it. He's vying for a starting spot. That's so the he Hallmark. makes his. That's the Hallmark plot. So he makes his wife slash girlfriend Catch. go to a different school with him so he can start. No, she actually got the interest first as a setter. That's what was interesting about this. She got the interest first from Mississippi State a few months ago. Uh, and then, obviously, things transpired within the Mississippi State football program, and they were looking for tight ends. He was like, hey, I was in the best tight end room in the country. Holla at your boy. So what if it, what if it takes a dark twist where they both make it happily to Starkville, and he's projected to start... But he's still the backup and Starkville is the tight end. That's still hard And then, like, in the bowl game? No, wait, wait, wait. Like, in the bowl game, the starter oh, gets hurt. Oh, now you're talking. The starter gets hurt, 
And he goes in and has to make like this one-handed grab for a touchdown to save Mississippi. Even better, they play Georgia in a bowl they, game and they, they show up Brock Bowers. They play them in the college football playoff. <laughs> Don't know about that, but well, well may, maybe in 2023, but Brock Bowers will be gone. Let's be honest. Let's think let's me. be honest and think about where Georgia's probably winding up next year. <laughs> Probably end up back. Yeah, play- I don't think they'll win it again, but I think they'll end yeah, up back to a playoff. I have to agree, but yeah, this is it. This is the new Hallmark movie plot. He comes in, catches a game-winning touchdown as time expires. We are now movie creators. We are Hallmark. Run us our check. Do it. We don't work for free. <laughs> anyway, back to the transfer portal and. All of this going on, it, it bringing it back down to earth. It is big for Mississippi State to get a tight end, and who's to say that you know this guy makes it through spring and then they get four tight ends in and he's not the starter? Oh well, you've got a guy that came from the best tight end room in the country. I think that it just from a leadership aspect and a kind of especially as an older guy, a grad student at that. So you bring in a young kid. That's somebody for that guy to look up to. Hopefully hopefully he taught Brock Bowers everything. Maybe. That would be nice. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe Brock Bowers taught him something. Maybe. But, no, I, I'll, I'll never think it's a bad thing to get a guy like like him in the locker room. Um, from the sounds of it, he's got a good head on his shoulders, knows what direction he wants to go in life. Uh I, th- I think that's a good guy to have in the locker room. Yeah, I think it... I just hope his performance is up to par. Like, Brock Bauer's par. Your par is way above... It's very high. Everyone else I mean, in the look country. where he's coming from, though. Yeah. I don't know. It's a thought. It could happen. It probably won't. It is good... It's good to see State get a guy... From a national championship team. Yeah. I mean, the last guy we got from Georgia was Justin Robinson. You saw how well that worked out in the bowl game. Potential number one receiver next year. It is a possibility. So that's Cruton news. We'll dive into kind of baseball here before we wrap it up. They don't look bad. The scrimmages I've seen, they, they, look, they look pretty solid. I can never – I always have trouble – Gauging a team off of intra-squad scrimmages, uh, I just do. There's nothing to replace playing a a complete other team. I mean, you're 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 playing against yourself. So, like, I mean, you could be a very bad team, but look very good because you're playing each other. Yeah. So, like, I will say this though: the wildest thing, and the it's just mind-bending to watch, is. Ciente pitching with both hands. I, I can't even write with my other hand. Much less throw a curveball. Yeah. I, That's the thing. Like, the velocity, his velocity and his, his speed and his kind of power stuff is better on his right hand. But I think he spins the ball better on with his left hand. I think he has more RPMs on his left hand than he does on his right. Like his brawl, his balls from the left just look like they break harder than the ones than the off speed stuff he throws from the right. And flipping the glove over, that's wild to watch. Yeah. 
Like he just flips his glove over. But guys, I mean, he just swaps it depending on the batter. That's insane to me. It's like that that high school ambidextrous quarterback. That will be interesting to watch that because. Will be. You got plays designed for both sides. On top of that, you scramble wherever you want. And you can throw with your, I don't know if I want to call it your dominant hand, but both of your hands and not have to turn your body. It's the same thing in baseball. Like I watched him the other day. Threw to a guy left-handed, fly out. Ball's caught, swaps to the right side, <laughs> throws a heater. So, like, I don't know how this is going to work. Are you going to ever... have two separate pitch counters? Like one for the That's left That's what I was getting ready to right. say. So, like, do you, does he play more uh, longer in a game because of it? Well, we asked Lamonis that, and he said, no, it's not as simple as that. However. Why? Why, why not? <laughs> why isn't it as simple as that? Yeah, I, I don't know. When, when a pitcher throws, when a right-handed pitcher throws, a non-ambidextrous pitcher throws, his right arm hurts, not his left arm. So, if his right arm's hurting, just tell him to throw with his left arm. You got two pitchers in one, literally. It's interesting. Seriously, could you not start him Friday and Saturday? Well, no, that's what we asked. Could he start back-to-back <laughs> days? And he said no, because of the way he does it is he swaps depending on the batter. Okay, but you still don't throw. You might A, a, a normal pitcher might throw 100 pitches in a game but he might throw 100 pitches in a game, but 50 with both arms, so he's not used as much on both I'm arms. Just, I'm just the messenger. <laughs> However, it's going to be interesting, and I know a lot of people will be watching him this season, particularly people in the MLB and at the next level, to see how his development has come along because he doesn't have plus-plus speed. He doesn't. He tops out at about 91, 92 from the right side, and that's his highest velo. But it's the kind of trick aspect of does he throw right, does he throw left? That's the that's the aspect that people are having trouble with because his timing can be different with his right or his left hand. That's what really can mess with a batter. Now, as far as back-to-back days, Lamona said that's probably not going to happen. Um, sure, in theory it works, but in practical baseball, probably not. What about like long-term wear and tear? That's what I'm curious longer. about. Do you that that's what I'm curious about. Do, does the injury kind of risk go down? I'm not sure. Like what if he like God forbid this happens, but hurts one of his arms, can he still play with the other one? That's the question. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. I mean it's 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 literally like having two pitchers in one. It's gonna be I, I I'm excited to see how he how he's used in the system. I'm excited. I don't know how much time we'll see him on the weekends right now. We may see him some midweeks. If the pitching goes like last season, we'll see him on the weekends. <laughs> but that's about all the time we've got here today on The Dudes. Uh, coming to you tomorrow, we'll be back here at 6 o'clock on Hot Takes, taking on your national sports headlines. Thursday, right back at it with The Dudes, we'll be able to wrap up and talk about the South Carolina game that is ongoing as we speak. But we'll have that and plenty more for you on Thursday. Just a reminder, you can find the dudes on any and all of your podcast streaming platforms. And if you're out there and want to sponsor us, call 911WMSV. That would be awesome. <laughs> Had to plug that. Again, that's about all the time we've got here on this 6 o'clock hour. Tanner Marler, Cody Blazak, signing off on the dudes. 
The proceeding was a WMSV production.